Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, won't you give a warm Treasure Valley welcome to Pro Football Hall of Famer, Heisman Trophy winner, Tim Brown. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to have to really say something now. Y'all standing up now. I really appreciate that. Uh, I just want to thank uh, everyone who uh, had anything to do with me being here. Kenny, Mark, uh, to Mel and Joy last night for opening up your home and Allowing, uh, allowing us to be there was, uh, was fantastic. So I'm very, very happy to be here. And uh, I always relish this opportunity, you know, to, to be able to talk to young athletes. And uh, so, you know, I know there are a thousand people in here, but, you know, my focus today is uh, on these young athletes because I once was there, but no longer am I a young, a young athlete. Uh, but uh, I got a bit of housekeeping uh, I need to clean up right, real quick. Uh, where's Micah? Where's my boy Micah? Come on, Micah. There you go. I'll stand up for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Micah has been over to my house a couple times, y'all. He's uh, studying my daughter a little bit. So, um, so you know. Just want you to know, brother, I'm staying in shape, all right? I'm, I'm trying. You know, I, you know, I tell people I can, I, 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 I can still run. I just can't stop. So that's my problem now. I just can't stop. But, uh, no, Michael is a great, great young kid. My, my, uh, my daughter last night, she was taking him to the airport. She said, Dad, don't embarrass him, please. So it's like, of course I won't embarrass him. What do you mean? Um. I, I am, um, again, very, very fortunate to be here and, and very happy to be here. Um, I'm just going to tell you my testimony. You know, I, I'm not going to try and break down the Bible. I'm not going to try and do all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to give you my testimony. And first I want to say I, I am very happy to be a part with FCA. Um, to me in high school, FCA sort of regulated my life. Uh, because of how I grew up in the church and how much we were going to church, people looked at me as being weird and different. And it's when I found FCA in high school that I realized that I wasn't weird and I wasn't different. Uh, I just had some friends who were a little bit on the, on the outskirts. So I'm so thankful for the relationship uh, for FCA for all these many years. Um, again, it, it really, really saved me uh, in, uh, back in my young days. So here's my testimony. I grew up in church, Church of God in Christ. If you know anything about Church of God in Christ, we church for real. You know, we, we're not just going to, you know, to, you know, our service. We're going to be there all day, Wednesday, Friday, all day, Sunday. When I say all day, I meant all day. Leave the house at 8.30, get home at 10.30 at night. You know, they give you a couple of breaks for a little, little, little food, but for the most part, you're at church all day. And that's how I grew up. And I thought that's how everyone grew up. And uh, I experienced some things in my church that were, you know, way out there. You know, I had a, a, a cousin who was 
Um, you know, she was only 16 years old at the time, but she had got into drugs and all that kind of stuff. And I saw her go through her, uh, the, the, the church exercise her. And she started speaking in demon tongues. and It was ridiculous. And I'm thinking at seven years old, man, Cousin Cuddy is a great actress. And my mom is like, boy, she got the devil in her. I was like, the devil? You know? So I saw things in my life that were, you know, way out there, you know, when it comes to church. So I didn't know anything about God at seven, eight years old, but I realized then that the enemy was real. That's what I did get out of that. So when I go on in life, and now I'm 12 or 13 years old, and I've had a pretty great life, to be honest with you. I had a great relationship with my mom, my dad, and everything changed when I was 13 years old. Uh, My dad was a hardworking man. He, um, you know, worked construction in Dallas, and, uh, but he partied as hard as he worked, and he owned a nightclub, and he was a drinker. And this particular night, he came home, and he was intoxicated. And in his state of mind, because I made a movement towards him, he thought I was coming after him. And in that split time, he thought that I was going to, and he threatened to kill me. And I thought that it sounded a little weird because, again, my dad and I had a great relationship. And for him to say, I'm going to kill you, you know, it just sort of blew my mind. So I was like, Pop, hey, man, everything is cool. No, 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 I'm going to kill you. And then he went to go to his car, and I knew he kept guns in his car. So now I'm like, I got to get mama up. I got to wake up the whole family. But that night changed my life for another reason, because I realized at 13 years old, if alcohol would want to make you kill your son, then I should never touch alcohol. And that's the promise I made to myself that night and a promise I have kept to this day, that I've never had a drink of alcohol. Because why? Because my dad scared it out of me. But I think about, what if I was somebody who, who did all this? And I'm saying this for a reason, and then I'm going to get into my real testimony. Because there's a lot of talk about CTE, and there's a lot of talk about all this other stuff. But I'm telling you young athletes, you got to stay away from the alcohol. you got to stay away from the weed. you got to stay away from that stuff. Because you cannot play this sport and do those things and think when you're 52 years old, you're going to be okay. You're not going to be okay. So the league is going to tell you a lot about CTE. They're going to tell you a lot about all this other stuff. But no one is going to criticize alcohol. Why? Because alcohol is paying for a whole bunch of stuff in the NFL. So they're not going to, they're not going to you know, denigrate that. They're not going to tell you you should stay away from that. But I'm telling you, from the guys, Junior Seau was my guy. He's a guy who I loved, who was the guy who was at my golf tournament two days before he killed himself. And I can tell you some stories of why he did what he did. And everybody blames his own CT, but I can tell you some stories, but I'm not going to tell you today, but I can tell you. There was other things involved with that deal. So stay away from it. You don't need it anyway. Just stay away from it, especially if you're trying to play the sport. All right, I got that out. I need to get, that was my public service announcement there. (laughs) So, I got, my, uh, I got my timer up here, so I won't run over time. So, they tell me uh, 40% of the people are going to hear you, 40% of the people need to see something, and the other 20% are hoping you sit down real quick. So, I'm going to try and get everybody 
a little of everything here. I'm going to show a little video here in a second. Um, so my high school, I was three. Um, my three years on varsity, we were 425 and one. We were 425 and one. Notre Dame came to recruit a kid from, from Skyline High School in Dallas. And uh, Dante Jones, kid, he went on to play at Oklahoma, played middle linebacker for Chicago Bears for 10 years. And Notre Dame came to recruit him my junior year. And that night I had four touchdowns. I had a kick return, a punt return, a long run, a long catch. Notre Dame didn't know anything about me. No one did. Notre Dame came to my high school the next day. That started the whole deal for Tim Brown. I played 27, year, uh, 27 years of football, junior high, high school, college, and NFL. I only scored four touchdowns one time, and that's when Notre Dame came to recruit somebody else. <laughs> you would think that I would start to get the hint. I would start to understand that there was a bigger play involved. But as an athlete, we always think it's about us. I'm the one making these moves. I'm the one doing these things. I ended up going to the University of Notre Dame. Now, now when I was walking out the door... I told the story to the people last night. My mom and dad, my brother, everybody set me down. They said, look, boy, there's no future in football for you. You go up there and get that education, and you come on back home and do what you have to do. And I was like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. I'm going to go get that education. So my very first game at the University of Notre Dame, I'm uh, back there, and they want me to return the kickoff. And they had told me all week that they were going to work me in slowly. But Coach, Coach Faust gets all excited. He's like, Tim Brown, if we went to open a kickoff, I want you to return it. And I was like, that's not a good idea, Coach. It's not a good idea. But we go out there. We went to open a toss. And so now I know I have to, uh, I have to do it. And I'm trying to man up and all this stuff, and I'm shaking in my, in my, in my shoes. And I grabbed the ball. They squib kicked the ball. I picked it up, ran it to the back of my man, dropped the ball, did not know I had dropped the ball, kept running. And all I could say was after the game, I told everybody, I told y'all I came here to get a good get get education. Now, I didn't. That's why I'm here. So for the next two years for me, I was just a guy at the University of Notre Dame. I was playing a little bit. I was happy. I was on time to graduate. All those things were great. But things were happening in my life. Things were happening in my life that I, I'm overlooking. And one of the biggest things that uh, had happened to me is my freshman year at the University of Notre Dame, we were playing in the Aloha Bowl. And, you know, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and we have plenty of dirty lakes, but we don't have no beautiful ocean. So I get off the bus, and I see this beautiful ocean, and I was like, oh, my God. You know, I'm, I'm heading out to the water. Now, I'm a bit of an anomaly, I like to tell people. I'm a brother who can swim. The water don't scare me. So... I go out and I get, uh, get, go upstairs, change clothes, go out and get me a boogie board. Didn't even know what a boogie board was, but I went and got me one. And I go out and I'm out in the water. And I'm having me a good old time. All my boys behind me, Tim, Timmy T, man, come on back, man. I say, man, these brothers are scared of the water. Forget them. And I'm out there having me a good old time. Then I turned around. And when I turned around, my boys were about that, that tall. I had gotten way out there in the water. And now I'm thinking about the Jaws movies, you know. I got the, the ugly cry going on. Uh, uh. 
And I struggled. I struggled to get back. Literally, the last 15 yards, my boys had to come and grab me and pull me out the water. And at 18 years old, this was dropped in my spirit while I was laying on the beach, scared to death. The spirit said to me, just like you almost got too far out in the water, naturally so, spiritually, you can get too far out there that you don't get back. I'm 18 years old. I don't know I have the Heisman Trophy in my future, first-round pick. I don't know I have all these things. You would think that I would be thinking about making a decision. And that's what I want you guys to think about today, making a decision. You would think that, you know, after being uh, found out by the University of Notre Dame, by happen chance, that I would be thinking about the God that is watching over me. But no, sir, it's all about me. I'm the one doing this. I'm the one making these boys miss. Can't tackle me. I'm the one doing that. Tim, Tim, Tim. You would think while you're laying on the beach that you would think that it's the God that's trying to direct your life. You would think that when you become the first wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy, you would think about making a decision. But no, it's all about Tim Brown. It's all about Tim Brown. Now, right here, I want to play this video for you guys. So this is the video of my senior year where it changed my life. These two plays, they were back-to-back, changed my life. So play the first video for me, please. Touchdown again, Timmy Brown. Brown at the 30-yard line, cut to the right, looking for a block. Tried to cut to the outside, cuts inside, 25, he gets the 40, he gets the 45 from 50, he's on the side. Okay, stop it right there. So, literally, this is what happens. Um, I, I returned that kick. Now, look, the guy should have made the tackle. He made the tackle. We wouldn't be talking about this story, right? But that's not what God had in, had in mind. So, this was the very first game that ESP, ESPN did at Notre Dame for a night game, right? That's how old I am, right? Okay? So, what happened here is there was no commercial. We kicked the extra point, kicked off, our defense was back on the field, and our defense went three and out. So literally three minutes of real time had, had gone off the clock. And I'm on the sideline with the oxygen mask on my face. And, you know, thinking, okay, I got some time. And all of a sudden I hear, Tim, you back up. So I tell my coach, you got to block this. You got to block this. So the decision that I had made in my mind at that particular point is, I'm going to fair catch this ball, or if he outkicks his coverage, I'm running out of bounds, right? That's the decision that I have made. But I want you guys to notice something here. First of all, there's no blocking because everybody had, had uh, gone to block the punt. But I made a decision to plant my left foot and to cut up, and that decision literally changed my football life. Change the uh, – play the next video, please. High spiral, drifting back round, round to the 34, to the 35, cuts up field, gets to the 40, 35, he has the 50, down to the 40, 35, 30, one man to beat, down to the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown again, Jimmy Brown. Yeah, I like to watch that video too, I have to admit, I do, I will, you know, when I'm feeling bad, I put that bad boy on, I've, but that, Man, what I'm trying to tell you is 
that little decision changed my football life. It made me the front runner for the Heisman. That was week two. And I ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. Why? Because, because of a play that w- really wasn't supposed to happen. That was a block. I was supposed to fair catch that ball, or worse, just get the ball up the field and get down. But I made a decision that changed my life. Now, I wish I would have made that decision in, 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 my, in my life, too, and not just in football. But that's what it is with Christ. You have to make a decision. And when you make that decision, it will change your life. Now, I would like to tell you that that happened for me. But what happened for me is the enemy said, oh, this brother here, no, no, no. We're not going to do that. So let's, let's put more on his plate. Let's give him more success. So I go into the NFL and I break all Gail Sayers' records and records that will probably stand forever because no one is going to go into the league returning punts and kicks and, and all the things that I did when, when I came out. You know, so, so now I end up making a Pro Bowl my rookie year. So if you're going to play football, you know, you win the Heisman and you, you know, go to Pro Bowl, that's two pretty good years to have. So now in my head, I'm thinking, I am the man. So what does the enemy do? He gives you everything you want. He knew he couldn't get me with alcohol. You know, I wasn't a gambler or any, anything like that. But he knew women were something totally different. Now, I'm not going to get into it because everybody's like, uh-oh. I heard some people go, uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm in L.A. And I can remember hanging out with Eddie Murphy one night. And Eddie Murphy was like, man, it don't matter how you look. If you get out that Porsche, women are going to think you're fine. <laughs> now, I talk about the Eddie Murphy stuff, you know, I, you know. But then, you know, I talk about hang, uh, uh, hanging out with Janet Jackson. My wife was around. I got to put a scowl on my face. Ooh, Janet Jackson. That was, ooh, that was a bad night hanging out with Janet Jackson. But God is starting to put stuff in my face. He's starting to put me in situations here that, that now I have, to, I have to be, oh, my goodness, look at this, look at that. And it's taking me farther and farther away from where I want to be. The enemy, I should say. It's taking me far and far away. It got to the point where literally I could not look at myself in the mirror. Where I knew that I wasn't being a man of God. I used to tell people that I'm glad I didn't have a big old afro I had the style because it would have been all lumpy and bumpy because I did everything I had to do in the morning in the dark because I couldn't look at myself in the mirror because I knew that I wasn't doing what God wants me to do. And I'm not trying to freak anybody out here, and I'm not telling y'all that I heard, I heard an audible voice, but one of these mornings I heard the voice, I heard something in my spirit say, Tim Brown, when are you going to do my will? And I'm like, God, you know, I got this great career going on. I got this going on. And, 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 and I was being reminded, oh, you think this is all about you. You think you are the one that got you noticed because at a school that was 425 and 1. You think that was you. You think that was you that put you in a position to be the first wide receiver. You think all this is about you. That's the problem that we have in Tim Brown. And I'm shaking my head like this, you know, like this is all about me. This is all about, I'm the one who's out there doing this work. Just like I'm sure you men are saying, you're the one who who have to lift these weights and you have to do all these wind sprints and you have to do all these things. But I'm here to tell you that this is all about God. This is all about God. And it took me a couple more years to really get it. I started dating this young lady who was, uh, you know, she was a bigger name than I was. 
And we were just going in separate directions in our life. And finally, we both ended up some kind of way. We had thought we had broken up, and we both ended up at the Oprah Winfrey Show taping different shows. And that night, you know, because we loved each other so much and we wanted to be together, she was like, well, the way we can be together is we, we, could, we could have a baby. We can have a baby. That way we have, to, we have to be with each other. And because of some circumstances, I had lost my wallet. I ended up having to stay in a room. And I tell you, I was on the couch that night. I was balled up like, Lord, please let the, let the sunrise come. Please get me out this room. And I realized at that particular point that I was, I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. Went home to my house, and uh, about 3.30 in the morning, June 26, 1996, about 3.30 in the morning, God woke me up. Got me on my knees. And at that time, I said, Lord, save me and save me good. Save me and save me good. Because I realized that all this that I was trying to do, that I thought I was doing, it was really God. It was really God. Now, that is a hard realization for athletes to come to, that God is the one uh, maneuvering all this stuff for you, that God is the one that is putting you in these positions. God is telling me, you know, Tim, I only have you here because I want you to be able to reach young men, to reach men. This is not about you being wearing this gold jacket, this, this ring. It's not about that. It's about you being able to, now some of you have to see me in this gold jacket with this ring on to want to hear me. And God knew that. So he gave, he, put, he gave me this platform. He gave me this platform where he knew that some of you would look at me and go, wow, this guy's a Hall of Famer, you know. But I, I, I understand now. And, again, you know, I was telling the people last night, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have any regrets in my life. I don't really have any regrets. You know, I mean, you think about, uh, I, I think about some of the, some of the things that, uh, that I, I, I did, and, you know, it's, it's hard to even imagine that you did some of those things at this point. But what they did for me when I was 36, 37, 38 years old in the NFL, and I had guys who were coming in 20, 21 years old, and they would look at me as being pawpaw, <laughs> you know, and they was like, Tim Brown, you ain't never cursed a day in your life. I was like, man, I used to curse coaches out every day around here. Curse my teammates out every day around here. Referees, absolutely, they got cursed out. Other teammates, I mean, other, other teams, absolutely they did. But one of the things I asked God to do was to, to take that thing away from me. And he did. Now, a quick story about that. We were playing the San Diego Chargers and Rodney Harrison, who I have a severe love-hate relationship with. I was having one of the worst games of my career. I was dropping balls. It was hitting me right in the gut. And the last ball, it was a fourth down play, threw him in a hit, dropped the ball, and Rodney, like late, hit me, and I went flying. And I got up and looked at the referee. He said, Tim, you're playing so bad today, you may have deserved that hit. <laughs> That's a true story. That's exactly what he told me. Now, this, this was after I got saved. This was after I thought that I was a man of God. And I got up after the referee said, he said, I turned my attention to Rodney, and I said some words to Rodney. And they were so good, Rodney, he, he, he applauded. He was like, Tim, that was. But I realized I had lost my witness with that brother. And we talk about this when we see each other now. 
And I remember going home and, and getting on my knees and asking God to endow me with his Holy Spirit. You know, give me the power to, to, to not want to do those things. And I can tell you from that day to this day, I have not uttered a curse word. And I ain't said I ain't want to curse. Some people deserve to get cursed out. But I had, I had not uttered a curse word from that day to this day. You have the ability to affect people in a godly way. And I pray that you take that opportunity. God bless you guys. Love you. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You're